Welcome to Be Simply This Is She, and I want to thank you for being here today. We are going to dive into the alchemy of food, and I'm really excited to share a little bit about love, uh, aphrodisiacs, Aphrodite, the possibility of connecting to that which we feed ourselves, not only food, but our environment and the things we decide to take in because we have that power of choice. Being that we're transitioning in the Northern Hemisphere from winter to spring and the Southern Hemisphere from summer to fall, we're doing that flip. It seems like only yesterday we're doing that flip from the yin to the yang on the opposite sides of the planet, transition in, and then we'll be in the full yin and yang periods after this next season, which is spring and fall, which are dynamic seasons. And as we do that, we're also coming to the end of a lunar cycle by Tibetan accounts. In addition, uh, out at Hopi, we're celebrating the preparation for spring by bringing in the bean dance. And we'll talk a little bit about that, about roles within society and how they actually have an alchemy with helping us retain harmony with planet Earth. So with all that being said, we're going to dive in and today I'm going to shine a little light on an archetype that is near and dear to my heart that I've written about in my own book, uh, Bare Naked Bliss, but is the title of a book by Isabel Allende and the book is called Aphrodite, A Memoir of Senses. And in this book, it's a real sensual poetic artistic book it talks about food and a lot of times in the in the relationship of aphrodisiacs and she shares recipes and poetry and saucy tales and part of the reason or the inspiration for sharing this is that we are just coming to the close to that holiday around love and with love comes sensuality creativity and we're coming also to the end in the northern hemisphere of a creative time a time of retreat and incubation and now it's time to plant those seeds uh, literally and figuratively so that we can focus on that which we want to tend to grow and then harvest throughout this next year and it's important to remember that with food a lot of effort goes into growing food and a lot of times people will look at love in uh, just in a romantic way or when I bring up the word aphrodisiac someone might think of that just in a sexual way and really nature is this beautiful sensual just mind-blowing thing to experience you go out in nature you look at all the colors if you look at insects and bugs your creative juices are flowing because you wonder a, how did the perfection occur? And B, wow, these color palettes. It's just food for the soul, for the mind, and for that creativity. And if we lead in with the idea of an aphrodisiac and that nature infuses them a lot, it's really, you know, in our Western culture and probably all over the globe, we tend to take our sacral energy and really compartmentalize it for sexual relations and really that's not the full intent of our creative energy because we're only destined to get 
potentially pregnant and bear children so often in one lifetime. So you, and you're not necessarily destined to be making love every single day. You might get to fantastic, but there's this energy that is very precious and very sacred in our sacral area that's governed by water. It's very adaptable and it's used in everything we do, including cooking. So the higher the frequency that we have and relationship that we have with our sacral region of our body, the greater that we are going to be able to create. And that means the mastery that we'll create in our studies, in our passions, in our arts, in our sciences, all those things. This, this area of our body can't be cut off. And in fact, when a mother bears a child, she is connected energetically from heart to womb until one of them parts ways. That is the bond, that umbilical cord that gets cut. Actually, the energetic umbilical cord stays. The child feels the mother heart to heart. And then the child feels their father stomach to stomach. So there's this really beautiful dance that happens. And if we understand this region of our body, we can heal faster. We can create with greater purity. We can regenerate there's all these opportunities to connect to this element. And that's why I want to kind of seal off, seal or exit out our time in winter with this subject matter. And being that we have one more week until the new lunar moon. And so in this next week, you can kind of think about how you want to enter into springtime. Because springtime is this amped up time that's filled with a lot of energy that tends to bring things out but if you really know and understand yourself and how you want to create and what your core values are then like Isabel does in this book you can deepen your relationship with the food the plants with each other and understand where you want to direct that energy if you want to uh, spend your life uh, misappropriating your sacral energy for people, places, and things that really maybe are not at a, a place to really receive you, then it will be a waste of energy and it will cause you to feel depleted. Now, if you want to be fed in a way that pumps you up, that fills you up, and keeps you in forward motion, it's really important that you take in food and people that fill you. And it doesn't mean that you get addicted to only wanting to be around uh, people that maybe fit that mold. It's just that it's important that you get a little bit of that flavoring in your day-to-day -day experience because that will give you energy to be of service to other people and to be out in the world in a way that sometimes can be exhausting. And that way it's easier to be kind and compassionate towards one another. So with that being said, I thought that I would share a few uh, things about food from Isabel's book and if you want to connect to her book I would really recommend grabbing it it's a staple in my kitchen and again it's Aphrodite a memoir of the senses by Isabel Adel ah, Allende sorry Isabel and so for her she breaks this book apart in many beautiful ways as I mentioned there's beautiful art in there 
And then she shares her stories and these beautiful little saucy tales as they lead into each section. And what you can expect is to kind of find the typical things you find in a cookbook, but the format is atypical for sure. And so as I was pulling this out to connect to those aphrodisiacs, uh, there, you know, at certain points in time, and especially in a monostatic life and in places where they're trying to practice restraint, because oftentimes the sexual energy is feared, the sacral energy, and we'll just call it creative energy because sexual means a lot of things, but this energy was really boxed off to that activity and not creativity. And so if most of society knew that you have this sacred essence inside of you, one is you, and then you have this energy vortex that allows you to create and tap in to mastery on a level that really is accounted for in certain aspects of Buddhism, and it's not meant to be uh, shared so freely. And then what happens is that a level of mastery, painting, poetry, music, as I mentioned, all of these things, science, math, really elevates. And it's, it's a very beautiful phenomena. But let's say if you overuse that or you nourish yourself with things that dampen that, you won't feel as full and fluid. And that fluidity is so important, as we'll talk about in Ayurveda, keeping it juicy. You want to keep that fluid going. Uh, the same in Chinese medicine. You want to keep that juice flowing so you be- stay vital. So this is why the subject is so important and so exciting and has nothing to do with all those derogatory things that you see maybe on the internet at all. It has to do with what nature offers us. And you have to admit, when you walk into a forest or a garden, there's something so harmonious about it. There's nothing overt that sticks out in a, a certain way. So the, the aphrodisiac properties, like if you were to take in things that have an aphrodisiac, not with an intended outcome to for a mate or something, but really to increase your juiciness inside, so that you have more energy to feed into your creative efforts. That is really powerful. And it's also important to keep that in check because that energy can move around and, like I said, be misappropriate. So anise is one of them. And uh, this is a beautiful seed and flower. They're aromatic. They're great in salad dressings and liqueurs and jams. You can also find it a lot in uh, Indian food. It also helps the liver. Uh, Basil is another yummy one. Italy, you'll find this. This is a staple and it creates a lot of passion. It really loves to do a dance with tomatoes and uh, garlic and you'll find it in sauces and it's really uh, also a great way to clean your palate and has a lot of uh, abilities, medicinal abilities too, to keep your body clean and clear. The bay leaf, I love this one. This is a magical, magical leaf that loves to uh, be in your soups and it's a very playful tree, this bay leaf. It's fun to play with it in nature and it really, the more you engage with it, it'll engage with you and understand that 
as you deepen your relationship with nature, it'll talk back to you and it knows like, so if I am in my kitchen really connecting to the bay leaf and then I see a bay tree and I go out and connect with that, it remembers and it shares that signal. And sure enough, I can run into another bay tree and it won't forget our relationship, even though it's not the same exact uh, tree. Uh, so the she shares in here, the next time you dance for your lover, adorn yourself with a crown of these sacred leaves. Laughter is an aphrodisiac too. So there's a levity to this. Again, it's not all what you would see in the industries where they say, quote unquote, sex sells kind of thing. Now, capers, these are a beautiful uh, offering that go well with fish and uh, they go well with fruit and in salads. And they're also uh, considered a very subtle aphrodisiac. Cardamom, one of my favorites sitting here next to me is a cup of lemon water with cinnamon and cardamom very medicinal and the she notes in arabic countries they would add this to their uh, coffee for flavor and it stimulates a good feeling among friends so again we can utilize nature to shift moods to shift our energy at any given time now here with the next one she lists is cayenne uh, cayenne is another one that's great to use during the end of cold season. It helps improve circulation and vitality. And oftentimes when people are asking people to be more reserved to dampen their uh, maybe sacral energy, they'll recommend not having onions and garlic and cayenne. But remember, you have the ability to decide on proportion, listen to the body, and have some fun with it. So another one, cinnamon, like I mentioned, it's in my cup. Uh, it really makes you super happy and is an anti-inflammatory. And she notes that it was used a lot in Asia uh, in Christmas recipes. And it's recommended for uh, medicine in the ills of menstruation or preg pregnancy. So a good way to calm the system down. So these just give you a couple examples of what she shares in her her book, uh, in the herb section, uh, seeing if there's one more that jumps out. Uh, saffron, which is, you know, very expensive uh, herb to use, and it's really a beautiful color to add to rice and used out through Asia. It's also the color of uh, holiness in Tibet and the color of some robes that you'll see monks wearing in small quantities uh, you can experience this in paella and other dishes and it is thought to be a stimulant but really a little goes a long way even in the shift of the color so you can play around with herbs and aromas and you know the other part of her book that she lists is uh, the senses, the memoir to the senses, how does that which we cook impact our body and how does nature impact what we pick and choose to bring into our home as a staple. All of these things give you vitality and energy to create with and that is such a beautiful way to get inspired. Even to start your day in the kitchen is really a nice way to set the tone for your day because 
typically if you started the day and you're not making maybe something that doesn't excite you, but you're making food for your family, your children, your lover, your partner, your spouse, uh, all of the above, hopefully they're all the same, one in the same, uh, for your coworkers, whatever it might be, that uh, energy that you place, that love that you bring forth, that creative energy will extend into your day. Not only will it feed others, but it'll feed you. And so with that being said, that I like to remind everyone that when they are physically cooking and or creating, this is a time that you have the opportunity to send love and really clean and clear energy uh, that will fill your heart and soul in a way that is really beautiful. It's something that you can really tap into and see what happens. I'll point out when I take people on retreat that if you're angry and you cook, that's not such a pleasant experience for the people that have to attempt to digest that food. So that if you can really, if inspired, set it as maybe your own personal um, kitchen, quote unquote, rules is that clear mind and open heart, levity and laughter. And if you're not feeling that, feel free to just ask everyone to clear out of the kitchen. Give yourself the space to enter into that space so that that which you create can be really loved and endured. Now, one of the things that uh, this time of year that is associated with love and maybe a little bit of that invitation to get romantic and connect with each other is chocolate. And so what I'd like to do is invite all of you to, if you like chocolate, you can do this with fruit or any sweet uh, thing that you love to abide in. But the chocolate, I love making chocolate, chocolate sauces, chocolate drinks, and homemade rustic uh, chocolate truffles. And the act of making that is very, very uh, beautiful. It's very meditative, and it can be very romantic. It can be very sensual and inviting on so many levels. So with that, I would love to encourage you to find that sweet treat that you really adore. Find a very small quantity of it. And then, as inspired, I encourage you to savor it. Take it slowly in to the mouth. Smell it. Taste it. Feel it. And slowly indulge in that sweet treat. And see how it speaks to you. And if you don't particularly like any sweets, it's good to have some sweet in the diet to satisfy, satisfy all our flavors, but you can do that through fruit and you can do that through sweet, sweeter herbs. There's lots of different ways, but find that sweet sweetness that you really enjoy and really connect with all the senses, the sound, the taste buds, the visual aspect of it, how it sounds when you get to eat it, uh, what it feels like. Explore that very slowly and see how your relationship starts to shift with it. And the second part of it, I would love for you to find an herb that you love to cook with, that you love to enjoy. And from there, I would really welcome you to spend some time with it. In Peru, when they put you on a dieta, 
to commune with nature, a specific aspect like a tobacco plant or a certain tree or a certain medicine, you spend time very intimately getting to know that plant. It's not that you're always ingesting it. You might be bathing with it. You might be sleeping with it under your pillow. You might be connecting with it in the dream realm and in the meditation realm. And that's how you deepen your connection to nature. And you start to have a deeper relationship with this beautiful offering from Mother Nature that is has so much wisdom in it. <clears throat> and this takes time. A lot of times people will hear things in mainstream media. Oh, go get turmeric. This will <clears throat> decrease your inflammation and it'll help you on so many different ways, but they don't take the time to look up turmeric to see how it looks as a plant, to see the root, to go get it in the grocery store, see how abundant it is. That also guides us too, like the saffron. When you take a large quantity of something and consume it really rapidly, that will eventually, the supply source will get depleted or prices will increase. So Mother Nature shows us maybe how much we need of something and just to be mindful with it. Just like a blueberry plant doesn't harvest that many blueberries and for a short period of time. But we're living in a day and age where blueberries and strawberries and raspberries are produced year-round or available year-round, but that's not really the season of it. And the quantity in which someone might consume is not in proportion with how Mother Nature would give it to us. So find that sweet treat, sit and savor it, take it in visually, uh, auditorily, through the touch, through the smell, through all your senses, and intuitively I would encourage you to use your sixth sense to see what occurs. And if you're interested in diving in a little deeper to her beautiful odes to uh, nature and to food, you can see, uh, check out this book. I'm going to close out by shining a light on Isabel. I'm having trouble speaking today. Um, maybe I need a little perk in my step, some chocolate for breakfast. Uh, whatever happened to the simple green salad of yore, it seems to have disappeared blasted into the background by the fanfare of Nouvelle Cuisine. It has dethroned by esoteric combinations like a mayo, mango, octopus, and Chinese noodle dressed with teriyaki sauce and Roquefort cheese. So uh, this is a lead into the appetizer section, uh, Amoris Games Leaf by Leaf, Kiss by Kiss beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, check it out if inspired. Uh, and a reminder, dive into some food and some herbs that really command your attention. How, deepen your relationship with them. See if you can find them in nature around you. And that is a good segue into uh, creation from the kitchen into the world and what we feed ourselves. So connecting to our roots, a good uh, basis and understanding of what we are uh, calibrating and aligned with and what we're not is to spend some time out in nature, get to know yourself, 
And in that, you'll start to realize, oh, I'm drawn to the mountains, I'm drawn to the ocean, I'm drawn to the desert, whatever it might be. And in that environment, guess what? There's different foods, there's different temperatures, there are different elements. And that gives you a basis for an understanding about yourself and what really is calibrated with your state of being. So if inspired, twofold, maybe take that sweet treat out into one of those ecosystems, sit and be with it in nature and see how it speaks to you. And then if we segue into pumping up our creative juices, our, our rasa for life, our juiciness, if we want to deepen that and feed that into our creativity, it's really important to understand, I always uh, explain to my clients, that you only have so much energy every day to give life. And life will keep replenishing you, but you don't want to overtax the system. So in that respect, people will sometimes try to do too much and they don't retain their energy for what they need to create and that can happen by having unnecessary conversations unnecessary meals unnecessary outings all of these things when you can reserve that energy and use it for the stuff that you want uh, to create in your everyday life and so that's why we can use uh, these gifts from nature that quote-unquote might have some aphrodisiac essence in nature in quality and at the same time that is a way for us to pump up our creative juices and that creative dance from water to fire is so powerful so beautiful one feeds you with the ideas the inspiration incubates just like a baby does in a mother's womb and then comes out into the world and is birthed and put into action. And that's what our yang energy does. It feeds the world with that which we want to put our attention to. And so if you decide on a daily basis that you really want to create a masterpiece or you want to create uh, excellence in your studies or your life, Reserving this energy, not shutting it off, but utilizing it into what you do is so beautiful. It's what you were created with. The sacral energy is what you were held in as you transform from a little teeny zygote all the way into a full uh, moving and adaptable human being. And your soul's essence was there every step of the way. You got to be like the caterpillar is in, that goes from being a caterpillar to a butterfly. You participated. Your soul got to bear witness, even though you don't remember, to being that little egg all the way to coming out into who you are right now. So such a precious, beautiful gift to be in the alchemy of the sacral energy and utilize uh, that metaphor for your day-to-day -day life that things take time, they take space, and they take the right ingredients to make a masterpiece, to create. And so as we shift in the Northern Hemisphere from this very inward time, hopefully for many of you, this time of listening, and we start gathering our seeds and decide what ingredients we want to cook with, what ingredients we want 
to plant so that we can harvest them later and use them for our creation and to feed our energy field. This is also a great time to decide what energies you want to have around you and feed you on a daily basis. Do you want to have music? Do you want to have colors? Are you ready to shift and change your environment? Do you want to deepen your relationships? Do you want to transform them? Remember, Mother Nature shows us that we are adaptable, we can regenerate, and we can transform. And so in our society where we're very disposable, we'll go and get something or and get rid of it. We'll get rid of our clothing or our textiles. But what we don't remember is that there's this beautiful opportunity for us to continue to transform and grow and deepen. And so we don't just dispose of relationships and friendships at every whim that maybe there's the opportunity to transform them. And so the key factor is, is that if you have base ingredients in the kitchen, I'll use the cooking metaphor, that you have the opportunity to bring all those ingredients together in a certain way to create a certain meal. And every day you could only have the same ingredients depending on where you live in the world, but you could keep creating different things with it. If you were creative in the mind's eye, if you're willing to see beyond what was there, And the same thing with relationships, you can continue to deepen them, transform them, smooth out those bumps when you hit them, approach things differently. You don't have to dispose of them like people do with fads and trends and colors and all kinds of things. Uh, Stay a while, get to know each other, deepen it, create a few sauces to juice things back up again, have fun with it. So as we exit out of this segment, what I'd like to welcome you to do is that whether you're on the northern or southern, we're all at an evaluation time. We're transitioning from a yin to a yang or a yang to a yin energy. And it's a time, a beautiful time to evaluate where you're at, what you want to feed into creative energy, what you're going to be ready to harvest if you're in the southern hemisphere and what you're ready to plant seeds for. And that's a timing thing. So sometimes in life, we're meant to leave nature alone and not harvest it, not to do too much to it or not take a lot from it. And then other times we're meant to. So that's a, a skill in itself. And then in addition, the, what we decide to plant takes a seed for takes a real deep understanding like, okay, I'm going to put my attention here. I feel very called to, and I'm not going to let it deviate. I'm not going to switch. And this is one thing that we've moved away from. And I think this really, there is a correlation to how we eat with our families and how we cook, how we really make a commitment to one another that we're even going to show up and make a meal for each other every day is that the same thing goes into what we're going to create that we have the opportunity to create every single day. And it takes uh, effort to do that and a willingness to see where it goes. You might start out with an idea. If I'm creating a graphic or a poem or writing something, I might start out with an idea. And then from there, I shift and change based on where the process takes me. And that's the beautiful alchemy of it. So if you're inspired, sit down, evaluate where you're at, what you're ready to harvest, what you're ready to plant seeds for, 
Maybe you're going to plant that winter garden. Maybe you're going to plant an early spring or a late spring garden. Whatever it is, physically or metaphorically, but really evaluate. And then from there, take that, that short list. It shouldn't be too expansive and say, okay, this is where I'm going to put my efforts for this next season. And you'll see, you know, and that's why I love when I see the seedlings pop up. It's so magical to see which one sprouted and which one didn't. And then you'll have an understanding like, wow, that's taking off. I'm going to follow that. This isn't taking off yet, but you might listen a little bit deeper and say, you know what? It's going to be like this, the sauce on the stove. It needs to simmer a little longer. Or, you know what? I planted that. I'm going to let it sit. And then I'm going to wait. A cycle, or I'm going to wait a whole annual cycle and try to reapproach that. Sometimes, over a course of even a decade, you'll be continually uh, meeting something that you're creating and applying effort towards it. This is how scientific discoveries come. They don't just throw it out the window because they don't get a result, they keep at it and they keep working towards it. A whole lifetime can result in some great work, but it takes diligence, effort and a willingness to apply that creative energy there. And uh, it re- really invites you to stay fluid with nature. Allow yourself to experience and feel all the senses. Let those be fed so that you can stay in harmony with the world around you. So I think that has been a lot of information for today. If you're inspired, evaluate where you're at, where you want to go. Decide on the essences and the ingredients that you want to juice your life life up with. And see where it takes you. And take a little time in nature if you're inspired with something sweet. Savor it. Taste it. Feel it. Listen to it. Touch it. And see what happens. Deepen that relationship with yourself in the environment around us that supports our way of life. And don't forget that big, beautiful sun in the sky that keeps us dance between Mother Nature and planet Earth and the universe. Until next time, this is She signing out with a full heart, a big smile, a bright gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Thank you.